Father, we thank you for S squared. You know, Sean, <laughs> Sean and Sean, um, we commit this time into your hands. We pray our words will be an um, encouragement to those who are listening. Welcome to the What Next Podcast, hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you. Yes, Sean. So how is your mental health today? Ah, today my mental health is in a good place. I am feeling upbeat and encouraged. Challenges are ever present, um, but I have this renewed sense of um, faith and hope that I can persevere and overcome. Okay. What do you do to manage your mental health? Oh, mental health. I think it is so important um, for us as, as people to spend a quiet time alone. I think the world makes it as if you aren't being busy. You have no value, you have no, you have no sense of worth because busyness is no a virtue. You have to be hustling and grinding and not sleeping to make it. But if you don't spend some time alone with yourself to process and to understand things, you find yourself overwhelmed. So one, I spend time with myself. I, I find time to spend time as a man of faith. You know, I spend time with God trying to get his perspective on how he sees things. And family time with my daughters, my wife, just doing things I like and not taking the world too seriously. <laughs> you know? It's funny you say that because we, um, we live in a world where we glorify overwork. Yes. We glorify the grind. Wake mm-hmm. up at 4 a.m. And as you, start, as you wake up, you're, you're grinding, you're doing yeah. something and... We don't prioritize time for ourselves. Uh, uh, the key thing for me is, and I've often told people, that one of the best gifts you can give the world is a healthy you. And a healthy you is mind, body, soul, spirit. And to so manage your life, which is your responsibility, by the way, you can't put that, that great task into the hands of another because work is going to always be work and you have to prioritize you yeah and for us men it's 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 serious though you know the statistics are are, are crazy um most uh in regard to mental health men suffer more yeah. than women over 80 percent of people who commit suicide are men and you know society and culture weakness is not seen as something to be demonstrated. So men have to tough and strong yeah. and always have it together. And very often we don't. Very often we don't. And unfortunately, sometimes when we do display it, even the women are unable to accept it mm-hmm. because they're like, if you're crying, then who is mm-hmm. keeping us together? <laughs> and crying isn't the only form of uh, venting or releasing, um, talking, yeah, um, being open. I, I encourage men to have real bridging relationships. Just a place where you know that you are valued, that you are respected, and you are free to be open and transparent, which I think is key for mental health. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, on that topic, so unfortunately in the news, as usual, mm-hmm. you see all of this crime, a lot of violence. What's your take on the fact that Jamaica has so many churches, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I, I know we used to have the stats that we had the most churches per square, square capita, mile. Yeah, square yeah, mile. Yeah. Um, so we have all of these churches, but mm-hmm. the crime is so rampant. What do you think is a disconnect why this is happening? There are many reasons, and one of the things which I think people of faith have to understand is the immense responsibility that God has given unto us. I think very often we, we delegate that responsibility to someone else or some other entity. You know, it may be the government or the leaders or the police force, whatever. But we have to ask ourselves, is that who has God declared is the salt of the earth? The light of the world 
And we have a responsibility to love God enough and love people enough to shine. Yeah. Know what shine looks like. We have to leave um, our comfort zone, leave our buildings, be deliberate in reaching out to people with the love of God and teaching them the ways of God. And the earlier that we do this, the better it is for us as a nation and for our people. And this does not mean as an organization, I mean as the body, the people. So wherever you are as a believer, whichever realm or sphere God has placed you, can I bring God's mindset, God's way of doing mm -hmm. things to that area, therefore changing and influencing the area and changing the culture? One of the most significant things that God has taught me, and I, I got this lesson, I was in Barbados, under a gazebo with friends of mine from around the Caribbean talking about what can we do to change our nations. And God put it on our heart that our aim was simply to change people, not change culture. Yeah. But if you change culture, you indirectly change people. So we have a culture now in Jamaica, for example, where a man is seen as, you're a man if you're a girlist, you have enough girlies. But if you change that culture, mm -hmm. you produce other men who are responsible men who raise up families. And in so doing, we change the culture and in so doing, change the nations. So we need cultural transformation. And that is the responsibility of the people of God. So, which I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my question is, what does that look like? Because, I mean, you know, we have the informal culture mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. We have the, I don't want to talk up or say something because I don't want to be targeted mm -hmm. as a person who wants to speak up, you know. Yeah. And so how, how does someone decide or how does someone make that cultural change with those fears surrounding them as well? A couple of things. Um, one, we have to understand uh, the nature and the power of fear. Fear at its core is preservation of self. You want to protect self. But if you understand when Jesus called us, one of the first things he said, he said, if you desire to follow me and to be my disciple, you have to deny self. And so the life of faith is a life where self is not a priority, but God's will. And in my mind, the safest place to be is in the will of God. And I trust him for my protection, for my um, preservation, and I live from the base of his love. So believe it or not, understanding the love of God is key to overcoming fear. So when you understand God's love and God's love for people, it moves you to act despite your fear. And you and I are here for a purpose. Um, we all have a gift, a role, a call to play. When we live out that, when we discover it and walk in it, the natural byproduct of that is change. So it begins with one, understanding the love of God, denying self, and being obedient to what God has called you to be. When we follow those principles, we will become people who turn the world upside down. Yeah, okay, that's good. I, I agree. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> agree. No, it's not, it's not, it's not a, an, um, an easy thing. Yeah. It takes a daily, deliberate um, decision. And it is, it is easier when you live and work in a community of like-minded right. people. Exactly. Like man a man, we are yeah. reason. We are encourage each other to go out there and not just make a living, but make a difference. So let's just say that, you know, someone's growing up in a, in a violent community, mm -hmm. right? Therefore, they don't have that support there yeah. of like-minded men or like-minded people. So therefore, if they stay in that community, they would keep on hearing the same thing, yes. the same culture. Mm -hmm. How do they get that support? Mm -hmm. Because obviously moving from community, it's not as simple or easy. Yeah. So how do you get that support to be able to stay in that community, but change, change your mindset and then hopefully influence your community? You know, sometimes we, we sometimes think and act like things are new. There's nothing new under the sun, really. 
Uh, what might have changed or what may have changed is how things are done. I can recall um, the story of a man called Daniel and his friends who were kidnapped from their comfort zone, taken to a foreign country, and the evil king at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, tried to indoctrinate them with his philosophy, his ideas, and his thoughts. And they were able to live for God in an ungodly culture. So the first thing we have to establish, it is indeed possible to be in a culture and be different from that culture. What changes people is exposure. I can recall as being a, um, a we call a, engagement with what we call at-risk youth. You know, they're in volatile communities, drop out of school. And I went into the community and did the project in the community. So people of faith have to be willing to leave their comfort zones and go where people are. Okay. You see, sometimes we do outreach, but have people come to where we are. Right. Out means we are going out, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and God says go not come <laughs> you know yeah. god said go we said come and i call being in the community and never underestimate the power of being a model people become what they see so we are teaching and we are modeling a different way of doing things while being in the community and here's what i think blew their mind i got a bus and i got some of these young men to leave the community Believe it or not, many of these young men have never gone too far from where they live. Right. So they have limited exposure. And, and I drove and took them up to UA, university campus, mm -hmm. just driving around. And I'm saying, look at those people they're walking. All them look. Human being. Just like you. The only difference between you and them is two things. Opportunity and knowledge. If you get the knowledge and the opportunity comes, you can seize it. Yeah. So we have to give people a different picture, something to dream that what you see, that is not your reality nor your destiny. Where you begin does not have to be where you end right. up. Right. But that takes love on our part to go there to give them an opportunity, knowing it's a long-term investment of transforming how people think yeah. and sadly we do not love enough at times to be willing to make such a commitment yeah it's a, it's a big commitment it is it is but one thing that has blessed me you know again as a man of faith i'm told that jesus died for me while i was yet a sinner mm -hmm. he died for me when i did not think like him and he loved me enough to come and look for me and to serve me and to help me to think like him too often we go into we go somewhere with ready-made solutions without understanding where the people are and we have to earn the right to be heard this is why serving is key when you serve it position people to actually listen to what you have to say people want to know more about how you care than how much you know and that is a process. And I've, I've seen the benefit of it. I've seen lives transform even beyond what I expected, you know. So, but it is possible and it's a responsibility for us to be the light. That, that deep. <laughs> that deep, Sean. No, I'm, I, I'm, talking, I'm talking real things that where I was, doing, I was doing a sports intervention in a volatile community. And real thing, we get freed. Because I'm driving into this area at night mm -hmm. and they have these um, ready-made speed bumps where you can't <laughs> drive fast. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, where do you? You know, God is say, hey man, I'm with you. But you have to do this. Because people need to see in particular a man that is different. They need to see. They need somebody who is touchable, um, approachable, and give them a different way. No, I can say not everyone will embrace the way, but we have to at least give every man, every woman, uh, a, a chance to choose a yeah. different way. Based on question number one, based mm. on 
what you see in these communities or in Jamaica overall, do you think that it's gonna sound bad, but do you think that people over a certain age it's too late for like the children, mm. or you think everybody should be given the equal opportunity? Well, studies, um, studies and data reveal that the longer someone thinks a particular thing, the harder or more difficult it is for them to change. And I've wrestled with it. I've asked God the tough questions. I've been thinking, I don't just want to be someone who just speak words. I really want to change lives. And my brother, I'm wrestled with it. So one day's wisdom, we say in Jamaica, bend the tree from it young. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a deliberate, intentional act on our path to really deposit the right way of thinking early. But I've wrestled with it. Like I said, God, why would a young man in his 20s seek to go to school, do the right thing, work hard to accomplish when him can go scam and get yeah. a bag of money overnight. I'm wrestling with this. What I believe God was saying to me was never underestimate the power of the gospel. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of my words to transform a human being. And all throughout history, I've seen people who we think, man, there's no way them going to change. But God does our work. In, in their heart. So my confidence is in God and his ability to do that which I think is impossible. No one is beyond redemption or change, but yet it is beneficial if we do invest at an earlier age. Yeah. And my, my follow-up question is, I mean, this is a broad question, but do you think, by and large, people will prefer to, in quotes, live a good life? So yes, maybe I grew up, you know, living a particular way, but I would have much preferred to not have to live that. I much prefer to not have to be killing or shooting or whatever the case mm -hmm. is. You know, like, um, like is there any? Does everybody have that that good? You mm -hmm. know, in their DNA. Oh, people! When God created human beings, He gave them the ability to choose, and there are people who have made decisions to live a particular life no matter what. And the best efforts to redeem them might not bear fruit, but it's our responsibility to give them an option to choose. I believe there are people who think they don't have options. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. I can recall mentoring a, a young man from a rough community and we were going somewhere I was taking him to help me train other leaders in how to use games and sports to transform lives and so I brought him alongside me just to watch to learn just to do life and he had a knife on him so I'm like you're coming with me to go do training out of town why do you have a knife he shared, boy, uncle, it's where he lives. There are different fa uh, factors or gang around his community. When them call police, police don't come. Mm -hmm. They have to carry their knife for their own protection. No, we can often have different cliches, what people ought to do, but unless you're in their shoes, you don't really know how to apply truth. And so I understood it. No, I never told him to not carry the knife because I know his own peace of mind needed something. What I did was I went and prayed in secret. Lord, let him never have to use it and to find a way to help him navigate out of that um, crisis. Mm -hmm. There are no easy answers, but when you love people, we have to wrestle until we find them. And too often we call upon the first stumbling block and give up what people are worth fighting for. We have this thing in our country, you know, sadly, how we determine someone's value by their address, their location, their level of education, and even now, color sometimes and social standing. And this affects how we see people, how we treat them. 
And we need to see people the way how God sees people because no one is born without value. No one. And, and we have to recognize that because there are so many people who have so much on the inside but they don't have people who believe in them until they believe in themselves. Yeah. And then they think, boy, I just some some mistake. I can only do this. But if they just encounter someone who believes in them, their life can be changed significantly. So then so then based on that then mentorship is important. Hundred percent. I am a product of 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 a great mentor. I can recall my life in the faith, you know, I I decided to follow God at about probably 17 or 18. And this was my life, just walk, buck tour, drop, get up. Walk, buck tour, mm. drop for years. Frustration until I got a mentor. And in two, about two to three years of mentoring, I grew more than the first 10 years of my walk with God. Just having a man to talk to, to explain things, who can understand. And my ability to be walking in the faith all these years is tied to that. Yeah, I've had men around me through every season of my life to help me, to hold me accountable, to push me, to believe in myself, to just be that iron, that sharpened iron, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, 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 I always tell people, if you, if you really want greatness to come out of you, surround yourself with great people. Whatever you want to become, find someone who you think is already there, is on their way there. Um, get counsel, man. Go after it. It's possible. Hundred, I, I believe that Jamaicans in particular, we have a unique gifting, man. There's nothing beyond us. Nothing at all. Yeah. It's it's based on what you said earlier. It it shows a powerful mentor because if you're in a community and everybody you can relate to is saying, if somebody stab you, stab them back. Mm -hmm. That's the only voice in your head. But if you yes. can take two seconds and WhatsApp your mentor and say, this happened to me. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And they say, just calm down, relax, and pray about it. Mm -hmm. It gives you a perspective that probably never came into your mind before. Yes, that and you, you it, have to step back. Yes, winning. I'm a I'm a sports person. Winning does not happen by accident. You know, buck up and win. There are principles which give success. And one of the things which is amazing to me, which I don't think people even understand, that God desires you to be successful. Whatever he has put in you, your dream, your desire, it comes from him. So he is invested in you. Yeah. This is why sometimes we'll go out and kind of arms out. God is so patient because he knows what he has put on the inside. And so he has given us some principles that if we apply, then success is a byproduct of these principles. And principles don't care whether you're black, white, fat, slim, short, tall. They will honor itself. Yeah. So if you and I go on this tall building and jump off, the principle of gravity says, you're up, you're going <laughs> to go down. You don't right. care which shine. Right. So once you understand, have a clear vision, and you have a set of principles which you employ, then you are in a great position to be successful. And then one of those principles, I'm assuming, is the principle of having, as you said, a mentor to guide you along that path in life. What you really want is truth. I want someone who has been there. Yeah. Who I can... Here, let me give you a, a, an example. I have two girls, daughters. One is nine and one is seven. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the one who's born, who's nine, born first. The one who's seven, from she was born, she spent her life with someone who's two years older than her. Right. So she learned to talk faster. She walk faster. She run faster. She's now reading at a nine-year-old level because her sister is indirectly mentoring her. Right. So at a seven-year-old, she's already above her peers because mentoring is being able to access that which others have 
without having to go through the experience. Yeah. And that is the, so if Sean is a, a, a man who's older than me and he's a, he, he, he is a successful businessman, he has been through it, I can sit and talk with you and learn from your victories, learn from your defeats, mm-hmm. learn from your success, learn from your failure, and I am that much better. Yeah. And that's why it requires just humility and a commitment to listen. Whenever you are around smart people, talk less and just ask enough questions. <laughs> you learn a lot. Yeah. And that's interesting because it, it, it goes back to mental health and mind your mental health. And it goes back to, we believe that people who go to pastor, priest, psychologist, mm. there's something wrong with them. That is why they're looking for help. Mm. Or somebody who needs a mentor is somebody who is in a bad state. They mm-hmm. might need a mentor. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that, as you just said, if you want to grow, you have to be humble and ask for help. No, no matter what situation. I find humility is an essential character for greatness. When you recognize that you don't know, sometimes it's almost scary how much I know that I don't know. Yeah. But let's say you have, have a car. If you wait until the car have problem to fix it, you're going to have a broke down car. Your car gets service ever so often. Every few months you go to the dealer or the mechanic to service the car to maintain the quality the value of the car and to maximize the car's potential so i have people who i talk to who i you know share my thoughts with or my frustration or my problems with not because i am weak but but because i'm actually strong because to acknowledge need is a sign of strength you're being proactive proactive and so that goes for marriages that goes for businesses that goes for any field it is in your best interest to have regular checkup, yeah, <laughs> regular service. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It is. That makes perfect sense. It's. I mean, and um, it has saved me a whole lot of problems because it's like having a car and you're a funny song. But like, ignore it. You ignore it, and then you drive go country, yeah. and the car left your road. Big problem. Check the small song. Deal with it. So it does not become a huge issue. And I guess, I mean, not just in Jamaica, but worldwide, we, we tend to check up our body for physical things. Mm-hmm. Your hand broke, yeah. get a cut, I'll go to the doctor, clinic, whatever the case is. But if there is a mental thought or a mental concern, mm-hmm. that's taboo. We don't talk about it. Yeah. We keep it inside. And I guess if we break that thought process, mm-hmm. people, people will seek out check up their mentals consistently i think we see mental as insane you mm. know you walk a street naked and you look dirty and nasty mental health to me is managing one's whole life and being a steward of one's life because so many things affect one's mental health it can be relationship it can be financial it can be work. So the ability or the wisdom employed to manage one's life well position one to have good mental health. You're healthy mentally. And so, sometimes it's, some, it's not necessarily big changes required to, to reap huge rewards. Just some simple tweaks. Tweaks, yeah. Example, get, get your rest, sleep. You know, I'll give you, um, I'll give you uh, what my mentor taught me years ago. Halt. H-A-L-T. This will halt, halt you in life. Mm-hmm. Halt you mentally, physically, spiritually, all, all of the um, Alice. H, hungry. Mm-hmm. If you don't take care of your body and you're always hungry, man, you have emotional issues, you are short-tempered, you know, a, a hungry man is a what? Angry man. Yeah. A, when you don't manage anger well, don't manage your emotions well, um, it is okay to be angry, but what do you do with the anger is key. L, lonely. How do you manage 
when you are alone. Alone does not mean lonely. Right. But some people need to learn how to manage being lonely because sometimes when they're lonely, they make some horrible decisions, yeah. horrible choices, and they tired. When you're fatigued, it can affect you emotionally, physically, you're more vulnerable. I can recall um, when my daughter, my first daughter was born, uh, my wife, I think, had what's called preeclampsia. Mm. She had to be um, admitted to hospital. So in the day I was, I was there with my wife and I left there. I went home in the night, spent with, with, with my daughter mm-hmm. and my brother after about three days, my tired mash up yeah mash up and i can and i'll say this i i i remember having my daughter in my hand and um she just wouldn't stop crying this is at night i've been at the hospital all day she's not crying she's crying i don't know what to do i'm still in that in that new father face Mm -hmm. trying to sense what that crying mean and i kid you not it's like i heard a voice that that does say drop her on the ground Chop mm. underground. I was like, "What?" Like I snapped. Yeah. And I realized something that the enemy often comes when we are most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we we hear people do bad things. We don't understand their mental state and where they were, which led them to make that decision. Yeah. Because if you ask them, they don't remember. You know, I say, okay, Sean, you got to get some rest. Because your body is running on E. Yeah. And too many of us are running on E. When that gas light come on, yeah. <laughs> there, there is a window of opportunity to get gas. So if you are listening wherever you are, man, if, if you know the light is on E, go get some gas. Yeah. Go get help. Um, Talk to somebody, rest, do what is required for you to operate at the maximum level. So you have the persons who either A, don't feel comfortable speaking to family or friends because they feel that they're going to bust their business. Understand that. Or or B, don't want to talk to a pastor because the pastor talked about everything in church and stuff mm. like that. Which I too understand that. <laughs> mm. So I mean, you know, how does someone get the confidence to know that there's somebody in their life, in their sphere, mm. some hotline that they can contact. Yeah, if we help. if we search, I know there are agencies, um, clinics, healthcare centers, and I must say that the government of Jamaica has done a pretty decent job in trying to educate people to have the freedom to speak. You know, I think there's always someone you can talk to. I appreciate you don't want to talk to someone who you know. I get that. But there's always someone, or you may not know someone who to talk to, but sometimes you know someone who knows someone who you can talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, the key though is just to seek help. And to be wise, take your time, and not just seeking help, you gotta be willing to be honest. Vulnerable. You gotta talk truth, man. And as someone who has sat before people, one of the scariest things for me, I ain't gonna lie, this is scary, is when someone comes before you and they take off their mask. Mm-hmm. I don't mean the mask away for COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we are wearing masks long time. Yeah. yeah. When they take off the mask and you're like, wow, I, I didn't know. Because yeah. how they look, you wouldn't know. How they act, how they Based on their yeah. Instagram posts, you wouldn't know. Life is perfect. Life is perfect. And we live in a, in a world that creates this pressure to be perfect. This is why you have all filters and phones. Right. You know, right. you want this perfect image. And yeah. we are indirectly being pressured by people who themselves are not perfect, but yeah. we think they are. Yeah. Everybody is struggling or going through something are wrestling with something. And so we have to understand that perfection is an illusion. Yes, correct, 100%. It is an illusion. Uh, And even I myself, I I try my best to be transparent 
because it it frees people to be transparent. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to um, impress people. I'm here to impact people. Yeah. And perfection impresses people, but authenticity impacts people. Correct. And perfection is a lie. You know what I mean? Perfection is... Enough work, no brother. <laughs> it is so much work. I, I can recall, you know, I'm in the church circle and sometimes there's a pressure to have the perfect marriage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, wifey, serious thing between me and you, me not good for the acting thing. Me, <laughs> I don't have the gift of acting. So if me are not, not right, people are going to know say me are not right. Yeah. So you know what? Let us be deliberate in being happy yeah. and joyful so I don't have to act. Yeah. And does that pressure in being perfect when you're struggling is an added pressure. Yeah. Not only aren't you well, the added pressure in pretending, pretending. to be well. That yeah. is too much for one person to be. That's unnecessary. And I think that there's one thing that I do, which I'm not putting anybody else down. Yeah. But the reality is, I always remember, everybody's going through something. Mm -hmm. Every single body is going through something. And just that thought allows me to be honest or transparent or just speak because I, I know that if somebody's laughing at me for doing something, they're going through something as well. So it's okay. Mm. It's, it, we all have something going through. Yeah, but what we have, have, have to do also is create an environment where someone's value is not determined by anything that they do. Right. It's my conviction that every human being have intrinsic value because they are made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. The world standard is what you do defines you. God's view is who you are defines what you do. Yeah. Now, if you think that what you do defines you, it's hard to be real and open because no, your value is changing. So your Correct. value fluctuates. And so in order to preserve your position or your standing or your value you don't open you don't speak but once you understand and people around you understand it that's where freedom comes so when i'm someone who's sharing with with my brothers my value is not in question they know my worth and they treat me as if my worth has not changed and this is why as as people when someone is vulnerable and open treat them the same way you yeah. treated them before you know yeah. yeah because if your expression change and you don't greet them the same way they begin to feel you know what my value has yeah. gone down yeah. so i'll no longer be open and vulnerable and not many people have uh, a healthy self-worth i heard something this week that says base your confidence on your intent, not your ability. Mm -hmm. And I think that, as I said, way too many of us put our confidence based on what we can do versus what we actually want to, what, what our heart is. Mm. And your confidence should be based on your heart. A question we can ask someone is, what are you worth? Mm -hmm. They tend to go to net worth and house and care. No, 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 no. Take away all that. Yeah. What are you worth? Yeah. And that will begin to help them see how they view themselves because it's true you know, i mean we 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 if you have enough degrees or enough masters you are somebody mm -hmm. one thing which really speaks i remember i was doing another <laughs> intervention and we we're sharing with a young woman wanting to give her a job so, so we're like you know what can you do we want to work she says sir i want to work in a new kingston so I'm like, okay, but you know, what are your talents? What are you qualified? Sir, we just want to work in a new Kingston. So I'm like, why? And then I understood. You see, New Kingston is a place where all the nice and decent and well-dressed people work mm -hmm. who in their corporate jobs and drive their nice vehicles and they have a particular look. Mm -hmm. So in her mind, if she worked at that location, she would become somebody. She'd have worth. And that, that, that grieved me. That we have created a society where people think that in and of themselves, they are not enough. Yeah. 
And when people think that they are not enough, they have to do things to become somebody, they're going to do things to become somebody. Yeah. So this is why um, the latest iPhone come out, I have to get it yep. to become somebody. When if you look at it, the iPhone was created for you. You were not created for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So you are greater than the I- iPhone. Correct. But Correct. We, we, we don't... We don't teach nor help people understand these things because people will live from their identity their convictions and their values this is what informs people um, that shape our belief systems and our actions and therefore we have all these problems yeah yeah and you know as you speak about that i think about us in jamaica i think about bleaching Mm -hmm. I think about the fact that we put so much emphasis on how we look. Yes. Um, I think about the fact that, you know, bleaching is not just a black people thing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, my wife and I went to Thailand a few years ago mm-hmm. and it's big I over saw there. It there too. It's huge. I was huge a, I, over there. Same Thailand. Yeah. I was shocked. I saw back there, there's bleaching. And, yeah. and it's above board. They have the big billboards that, mm-hmm. that, that announce it. And it's just like, when will we realize that self-worth has yeah, nothing to do but, with but you any see, of that there are billion dollar industries mm-hmm. that profit from our insecurity yeah yeah and they do a good job at marketing products to add value to our lives think about it yeah nothing can add value to you get Correct. that no <laughs> having a degree from Harvard or Yale cannot add value to your worth because you are already valuable. Mm-hmm. But these billion dollar industries have marketing. It's like, example, you, you see a man at work, he might walk by himself. Nobody not talk to him. Then you see him drive a car, then all the girls are flocking, him. Mm-hmm. People are saying hello. So no, guess what? I got to get a car to be somebody yeah, to get value so it's not just the car it's what the car represent it's yeah. what the the bling represent yeah. is independent of me as an individual i need something and that is what we have been i'd say brainwash yeah to believe no of course god have no issue when you have things but god is very concerned when things have you Correct. When you said to worship those things. Yeah, man. Real. And it is, it's, it's plaguing our young people, our young adults, and it is informing their decision-making, which is very often unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. You and I are valuable. Um, you know, Jesus said that, for what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Yeah. And we miss this key thing. In God's mind, you are worth more than everything in the world. If you could add up all the wealth of the world, whether it be gold, diamonds, silver, whatever it is, all the assets in the world, in God's mind, you as an individual, you are worth more than that. This is why he says it is a poor exchange for you to give up yourself for that. So true does does a church need to market more uh, is a church competing with all those brands that are marketing all kind of things mm. to show you what your income value is all right boy uh, <laughs> good question um marketing may be not the best word to use but i understand the concept right businessmen or businesses market products because they are driven by profit so they do research data to try to assess why why would the customers buy this product why would they maintain using or supporting this product because they are heavily driven by profit mm-hmm. i think and this is my conviction if the people of God were driven by the love of God 
and the love for people, we would be constantly finding ways how to reach people with the product called the kingdom of God. As opposed to simply saying, them don't want God, is all right. When a company is more passionate about profit than the church about the souls of men, then something is wrong. So the impetus is on us. Yes. To to a hundred percent to push it more, to talk about it more, to uh, let it be my brother through the society more. My brother, I've been th I've been thinking, and um, there are people who have twenty-year plans, thirty-year plans to launch a company, to have this market share, to make sure that their product is this number five brand in the world, mm -hmm. what, what, whatever. Where are the people of God who are strategizing 15-year plan, 20-year plan? That by, by 2040, we ought to have at least 35% of our young adults in the kingdom and charting a course of action to accomplish that, supported by funding, money, whatever mm -hmm. is necessary. That may I talk about, that, that level of passion and hunger and desire to see people come to know God and know themselves and be prepared for a long haul commitment. And I guess it even comes back down to us as employees. Mm -hmm. I will get up and go to work every day, 95, etc. Mm -hmm. But when church asks to give an extra hour on Sunday, can't do it. Can't do it. I'm telling you, it's the it's the posture of the heart. And I check my own heart. I, I, and I've seen it. That boy, Sean, your heart is not yet aligned to how God is. Because the, um, the word, we, we, we hear it often in church, um, the word sacrifice. It is probably a church word, but in the context, it, it means to draw close to. So, when you give God a sacrifice, it's how you draw close to God. Because a sacrifice reveals heart. And the greater the sac sacrifice is, the greater it's revealing what, what's in the heart. Mm -hmm. So, our unwillingness to sacrifice reveals our heart. And um, I am now married, but when I, I was... Um, <laughs> Looking my wife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she lives <laughs> live at a place called um, Kitsunto. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Kingston, right? And far. Mm -hmm. My brother, me never drive. Me I take bus, go look far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One time she come look for me. And because I want her to get home safe, I follow her. And then come back. On the bus. Me take bus from Kingston, go... Got downtown, from downtown to Spanish town, got in a taxi, come up on the taxi, walk in some dark spot, get her home, then do the same thing for come back to my yard. Why that sacrifice? Because of the value I placed on her. To say that effort is directly correlated to interest. 100%. Yeah. And not just interest, the value you place on the person. Yeah. And so... You know, I got to pray, Lord, just you know, give me a heart that is willing to sacrifice. Because for us, who are people of faith, we, are, we have been redeemed by one who left the comfort of his home to come to earth, spend over 30 years sacrificing and modeling us what it requires. He says, I did not come to be served but I came to serve mm -hmm. and that service was spelled sacrifice for us to redeem and change our nation it will not be done without sacrifice so it's not it's not how can we change our country the more accurate question is what are we prepared to do yeah so is for you is becoming a pastor a part of that sacrifice and mm -hmm. what was the decision 
you could have you know been a, been a follower <laughs> been a believer oh the everything you know one day i'll step. come and give you the full story <laughs> but but i actually had a desire to be a liar okay um, all for the wrong reasons you know growing up i want to be a liar to make money you know have enough girl big house big car normal thing mm-hmm. but then um i believe god called me he pursued me i said yes and sometime later he said that what you have to do is not what I have in mind for you. That's not your what what you were created for, which led me on a journey of self discovery about why I'm here. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, when God began to talk to me about being a pastor, I was like, no, no, man, I don't want to do that, man. I and one of the things was I did not want to have my family have to deal with the deal with the pressure. And to bear the burden of me being a pastor. Mm. I didn't want my girls to have to say, um, deal with the scrutiny of being Pastor Sean's Mm -hmm. children or whatever. But it took a while for me to say yes to God. And when I said yes, I realized I did not say yes out of fear. But the more I came to know him, is the more I could trust him with my yes. And then give me the wisdom how to raise up a family and a children to deal with the pressure and responsibility of me being a pastor. Yeah. And it's my job, one of my jobs is to help equip people to discover their own call that they can become um, agents of change. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I'm after nations. I want to see nations change. I want to see communities change. And so I became a pastor to help people become agents of change. I like that that phrase, agents of change. I think that, I think everybody, I, I hope everybody gets to a point in their life where jumping on the merry-go-round of 95, et cetera, mm. it, it, it's not doing it. Mm. And, and there's something more that you want to do. You want to give back. Whether it is, in the community, start a football team or open a sports yeah, club. Yeah, man, or there are something. many opportunities to be an agent of change. But I'll share with you a, a true story. I came across like a survey, and they asked people who were basically in the departure departure lounge on their deathbed mm-hmm. about to leave, and they asked them, "What is your number one regret?" You have lived your life, you're about to die, you have a terminal illness. What is your number one regret? It's not more money. It's not bigger cars or more vacations. It was, I wish I had the courage to do what was in my heart to do. To do something beyond myself. Yeah. And the Bible says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. God has put this thing on our inside where we know that there's something bigger than simply paying bills. But we are so bombarded and so overwhelmed, we never stop to discover that thing. And that thing is the source of real satisfaction and fulfillment. Because I know I'm doing things that will outlive me. Because in my mind, greatness is primarily two things. One, it is serving. Jesus redefined greatness by saying he who serves. But also being able to have an influence long after you have gone. And so I want to serve and be great. So long after I play my final innings (laughs) and I leave this earth, I am still influencing people and that's how I measure myself and that is a life worth living. You know what's interesting, you, you gave, uh, you spoke at church a couple of Sundays ago and you said that, and I could probably misquote it, but you pretty much said that the issue with us in Jamaica isn't that we don't know what the answer is, is that we don't want to do what the answer says that we should do. Because mm-hmm. we already know the answer, mm-hmm. right? Or we already know what we're supposed to do. And I remember he said, and I thought to myself, it's interesting because just like you said a while ago, 
every time there's an interview with people who are on the deathbed, mm. um, the other day I watched a YouTube video of three people who have terminal illnesses, mm. right? You have rich people like Bill Gates who literally says he's he's not leaving any money to his kids. He wants a big clean water and stuff like that. Like, mm. Wealthy <clears throat> people, people who are dying, all say the exact same thing, mm -hmm. which is doing more for people is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, I'm guilty of it, but the, the writing is on the wall. Giving back, paying it forward is primary thing to do, yet still, we still run after money every day. 100%. If you, if you look at nature, because God's character is revealed in nature. Here in Jamaica, we are kind of probably still in mango season. Um, I like East Indian and Blackie mango. When I go to an East Indian mango tree, I never see a tree eating a mango. Okay. Okay. You'll never see a tree eating a mango because the tree produces fruit for others. So my gifts, my knowledge, or my wisdom, or my insight is not for me, mm. is not for my glory, or for Sean, is for others to eat of this fruit and be blessed. And so the more fruit I produce is the more people are blessed. So this is why I'm on this podcast with you, mm -hmm. to create a, a space where people can hear and be blessed. But how God has designed it is that if you want East Indian mango, you have to go to the tree. So you will be honored. You will be recognized because a tree is known by its fruit. Mm -hmm. The key is to not make it all about you. And how you get more of what God gives you is by being a good steward. He says, if you are faithful in little, you'll be given much. So if I'm producing good fruit with a pure heart, with a pure motive to encourage people, naturally, he'll so prune me to produce more fruit. Mm. So I'll never ever lose knowledge or wisdom. The more I share with a good heart to help people, is the more shall come to me. And he says in his word, a man's gift makes room for him. So the more I do this, is the more I'll be honored for the fruit I produce. Just don't make it about you. Yeah. Your ability to accumulate a wealth is to help those who don't have that gift. God give you a voice is for those who don't have a voice. God give you power so those who are powerless. When we live like this, not only are people blessed, we give we get more of what we give away. Yeah. So I cannot lose. And and when I go somewhere and I I can recall uh, my daughter um does track for, for her for her school and as as at um, our national stadium and just to support her, you know, like like a good father. And a stranger came up to me and said, "Are you so and so?" I'm like, "Yes, you know. I guess they see me on TV or whatever." And she was saying, "Man, I I just thank God for you. Whenever I listen to you, I'm so encouraged. My family and I and I are so blessed." And Sean, I'm like, I'm amazed, honestly. I'm almost shocked. I'm like, really? <laughs> because when I do it, I don't even think about even the benefit or how it helped. I just bear fruit. Yeah. But when she shared with me how her family was being changed by me simply doing what I was born to do, man, that made my day. Yeah. You know, I can go like a next year yeah. on that encouragement and that's what it's all about because very often the people who you bless you won't even know yeah, yeah. you won't even see the extent of your impact and therefore it's important as you said not to do it for your own success so you're not doing no. it to know that you're doing a good job you just keep on doing keep good. on doing keep it. on doing and good. that's why a, a healthy identity is key so you don't do it to become valuable right or for your own name or for your own press i do it to be a blessing and if i humble myself according to god, god, god's word he says he'll exalt me in due time it's not my job to exalt myself my yeah. job is just to bear fruit and to be a blessing 
Yeah, yeah. What advice, two or three words of advice that you would give to our listeners, you know, young people, old people, it doesn't matter, you know, to how they can A, get help mm -hmm. and B, how they can help others? Well, first of all, thank you for listening to this um, podcast and still being here. Um, first thing is that you are not here by accident. You are not here because your parents had sex. You are here because the God of the universe purposed you to be here. And you came here wealthy. You came here with gifts and talents and ideas. And you are full with promise. And even though the world has done a good job at beating you up and causing you not to see who you really are, discovering God is discovering you, your potential, your ability. And when you find it, live it. And as you pursue that, all things shall be added unto you. So one, discover God. So he can discover you. So you can discover and do what he has called you to do. And passionately pursue it. And all things shall be added unto you. And love people in the process. Um, be a blessing. Be a light. The world is in a dark place, yes. But darkness is simply the absence of light. Just shine. And the sun shine. The sun does not care what other people think. The sun just shine. So wherever you are, just shine. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.